I don't know if you know today, but today is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday, that's right. There's 50 days between the cross and Pentecost. And uh, here we are. At Easter, we had the lifting of restrictions. Uh, but right now, we're living in Pentecost. And how many know there's no restrictions on our life? And we can be filled with His power, filled with His anointing. And I, I want you right now just to lift your hands where you are because today I'm believing for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. I'm believing that God's going to come and fill people afresh with His power. We can't live the life that He's called us to without His Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was a gift that was given. And on the day of Pentecost, He came like a mighty rushing wind. He filled the people who were gathered in the, in the upper room. And they were empowered by the Holy Spirit to live out His mission, to do His will. And come on right now, where you have been trying to do things in your own strength. Today, I want you to pray. Holy Spirit, come. Because I believe He would come and fill every void. Come fill every vacant space. Come on, where you need a miracle. Come on, when there's a heaviness right now, there's an anointing in this place to break every yoke, to lift every burden. We thank you for your anointing here. Holy Spirit, come, come right now. Come in this place, come in power. Come. If you speak in a heavenly language, maybe you just want to, out of your mouth, just begin to declare His goodness. We are a Holy Spirit Bible-believing church, and we need the Holy Spirit. In fact, in the Bible, over 800 times, it mentions the Holy Spirit. So this is critical to everything that God's about. You know, it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's part of the Trinity, and I don't know if you realize it, but in the second verse of Genesis, He's mentioned. It talks about in verse 2, in chapter 1, it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. I, I really believe even in our meeting today, the Holy Spirit is hovering over this meeting. And He's looking for people to access Him. Now, this, this word Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, the, the, the Hebrew word is ruach. Somebody say ruach. A ruach, it means a wind or a breath or a violent exhalation. Or it's a, a blast of breath. You know, if you're married and your spouse wakes up in the morning and just turns over and breathes, there's a blast of breath. But it's not like that. It's, it's a breath that brings life. It's a, it's a breath that brings freedom. And when the Holy Spirit comes, He comes with power. Now, in the New Testament, the New Testament uh, word for this is pneuma. Somebody say pneuma. And that also means wind. So, so when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, it was like a, a mighty rushing wind. Again, it was a blast of breath. But the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come, He would descend upon people, and then He would often depart. Uh, you can read about this in, in the life of the Saul. You know, the, whole, the Spirit of God was with Saul, but then He left Saul as well. 
Uh, then also with David, where we talk about David, you know, he knew the Holy Spirit, but when he sinned with Bathsheba, he prayed, God, do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Now, now in the New Testament, it's a little bit di- different because when Jesus left, he sent the Holy Spirit for those who believe in Jesus. And, and it says that the Holy Spirit will never leave us or forsake us. That's good news. So he just won't be, be present in a place. Uh, the, the word forsake means that he won't uh, uh, emotionally distance himself from you. He, he's emotionally invested in your life. You know, how many know you can be in a home, you can be married, and somebody can be present but can be emotionally distant? I love the fact that the, the Holy Spirit is emotionally invested in you. How many know that's good news? But in the New Testament, it's, it's a difference because the Holy Spirit wouldn't just come upon people. There's a difference because now in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit lives in us. In us. So, so the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus in the form of a dove. And, and you can see the Holy Spirit falling on the day of Pentecost. And, and what that was about was empowering the church for the mission of God and to do miraculous works. Now, many people want to fulfill God's will for their life, but I challenge to say none of us can do it in our own strength. Well, we all need the Holy Spirit. And, and God wants us to live Spirit-empowered lives. He wants to give us spiritual gifts so that we can live what, a, a supernatural life. You know, the, the fruit of the Spirit comes through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit as well. It's like the, the fruit of the Spirit being love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. How many want a little bit more of that? How many need a little bit more of that? Uh, I'll get your family members to put up uh, your hand for you because we all can grow in that. But, but that comes as a result of the, the Holy Spirit. And, and too many people are spiritless. Uh, we saw that with the warriors last night. They were spiritless. They didn't play with any spirits. You often hear that about teams. It's like there, there was no spirit there. Uh, and, and too many people are just going through life and they're spiritless, but, but God wants us to be spirit-filled. Come on, somebody can say something and it's just empty words. Another person can say something and it's got the Holy Spirit. It's got spirit behind it and there's a spirit-filled and He wants us to live a spirit-powered life. Do I get an amen to that? Come on, it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, a lot of people haven't even heard about the Holy Spirit. Or they get freaked out about the Holy Spirit. You know, they know God the Father. They know the Son, Jesus. But they don't understand the Holy Spirit. And in and, and a lot of places, people over the years have used language around the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, it sounded weird. It sounded a little bit freaky. In fact, some people, you know, have just overdone it and got a little bit weird with the Holy Spirit. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit gets blamed for weirdness. Now, now, get this, I'm not talking about unusual, unusual, because in the New Testament, wherever the Holy Spirit worked, unusual things happened. I'm talking about weirdness, because there's a lot of weirdness that's gone down in the Holy Spirit's name. Yeah, and uh, many people have stayed clear of that, because they're going, oh, I don't know about that. And yes, in a lot of places, there's been an overemphasis that's led to where 
But I challenge to say the bigger problem is there's a gross underemphasis on the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's role in our everyday lives. And, and we need to get a biblical understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and what role He plays in our life, what role He plays in the life of believers. Here's some words from Jesus. Now, here's some words from Him. In John 14, verse 16, He was talking about a day, and He says, I'll pray, and I will pray the Father, and He'll give you another helper. How many could do with some help? You know, it's hard to find decent help these days. Yeah, and I will pray that he'll give you another helper and he will abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But get this, you will know him for he dwells, what he dwells with you and he dwells in you. So, so he won't just dwell with us, he will dwell in us. And, and get this, the Holy Spirit is not a it. It's a him. It's, it's a person. It's the third person of the Trinity. Do, do you know actually that you can grieve the Holy Spirit? Now, now that implies that the Holy Spirit has emotions. Uh, the, the Bible says the Holy Spirit loves us. And, and what Jesus is saying right here is he's saying, I'm going to send another person and he's going to be your helper. What is he going to help you in? Life. Come on, how many just need help in life? I need help. But, but also not just life, he's going to help you in godliness. There's one thing to be alive. There's another thing to live a godly life. And we can't do that without the Holy Spirit. But he's not just going to help us with life and godliness. He's going to help us with fulfill the mission or the assignment that he's called us to do. Uh, why would God give us an assignment and, and we, we could fulfill it without him? How many know everything that God tells us to do is meant for us to draw deeper into him? And that's why the Holy Spirit is so important. The, the word helper comes from the Greek word parakletos. And and para simply means to come alongside. And kletos, or kletos comes from the Greek word, which means called. So, so what's the Holy Spirit's role is he's called to come alongside. He's called to come alongside and live in the heart of every believer. And, and what he does, he's our intercessor. He's our counselor. He's our advocate. He's our helper. Come on, how many are thankful for the role of the Holy Spirit? That's a powerful role. You know, we all could do with more help, and we have access to help, and it comes from the Holy Spirit. Now, now, if you had the choice between uh, being with Jesus in the flesh and the Holy Spirit, which one would you choose? Yeah, uh, Probably a lot of us would say, man, I, I want Jesus in the flesh. That, that would be pretty awesome. You know, I've got a headache, got COVID, Jesus, just boom. You know, COVID gone. You know, oh, go out, something happens, dog gets run over, Rover or Mac, our dog gets run over, dead on the road. You know, it's like, Kathy's a little bit upset, but I've got good news. Jesus is there. You know, resurrection power comes into that dog. You know, it'd be pretty cool. Short of food, you've got a big a group of people around, short of food, you know, and you've got one six-foot uh, long subway. God multiplies subway. 
You know, it'd be pretty cool if Jesus was around. Wouldn't that be awesome? But here's the problem. I would be occupying all his time. He wouldn't have time for you. And I like the fact that Jesus says this. He shows us that there's something better than him being here in the flesh. Something better than Jesus being here in the flesh. And you go, what could that be? And Jesus tells us, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is to your advantage. It's to your advantage, all of our advantage, that Jesus goes away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I depart, he will come to you. It's to our advantage. Because the Holy Spirit will never leave you. Why? Because he's in you. So, so, so what does this Holy Spirit do? He wants to empower you to live a, a supernatural life. He's got gifts on offer, spiritual gifts, gift of faith, healing, prophecy, wisdom. They're all accessible. He's got spiritual fruits, and they're better than mangoes. I know mangoes are really good. But these things will actually change the way that you live your life. Can I, can I share a concern? A concern I have is that as Christians, we don't look any different to the rest of the world. We don't look different to our workmate. You know, in fact, we have the same level of anxiety that they have. We're bound like many people are bound today. We're still imprisoned by, in a lot of places, the same sins. Yeah, our prayer lives are just religious words, the flats. You know, people today, they can be Christian, they can be afraid as just anybody else. One thing that's held me during this pandemic is just the peace of God. God's in control. I don't need to be afraid. You know, some of us, we struggle like, like everybody else struggles. Yeah, there's struggles in life, but we have access to this power. We don't need to be crippled by fear and worry. See, we believe in Jesus, yeah. A lot of people, they believe in Jesus, but the problem is they have no real power. Why is that? Why is it? Maybe it's because we're living a spiritless life rather than a spirit-filled and a spirit-empowered life. Yeah, why is it that people live a spiritless life? Well, I think the first one is, number one is, some people are just aren't even aware of the Holy Spirit. So, some of you, yeah, you would have heard of him, but you're not sure what he does. Some of you, you know, it's like, oh, I know he's part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but I don't know much more. And there was a group of Christians that, that Paul came across in Acts chapter 19, and, and they were in this place. And it says, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, listen to this, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I want you to take notice of that. Because he distinguished between believing and receiving the Holy Spirit. Many people have believed in Jesus, but they haven't yet received the Holy Spirit. So, he said to, so they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And it's like Paul saying, hey, there's, there's a whole other world, but you're telling me you don't know anything about it? 
I, I want to say, there's many people in church today, you know, who, who are struggling in their faith, struggling in their walk. They're struggling, oh man, why am I feeling so dry? Why am I finding this so hard? And it's simply because they don't know that there's a whole other way of doing this. And it's tapping into the, the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, I'm glad some things have changed. You know, we've got churches all around the world, but I remember the time when my parents were up in London. Just to get in contact with them, it was like, man, that was hard. You could pick up the phone and ring them, but it would cost like, like $100 a minute to talk to them. How many remember those days? It's like, you never did that, man. That cost a lot of money. But then you'll get these access codes that you could put into the phone. It was about a 15-digit access code that you put in, and then you get a, di- a discounted rate. But the problem is, if you got one digit wrong, you'd have to start all over again. It was like, oh, put in these codes. Anybody remember those days? You know, and then you put in the code, and they would have to be near the phone to answer it. And if you just happen to get them at the right time, it's, it's not like you could text them to say, hey, be by the phone at this time, because the only way that you could get in touch with them, it was, there was no email. There was none of that. You had to put in this code. Yeah, this is not that long ago. For you young people, you just think it's just normal to be able to connect with anybody anytime you want. And and they'll reply. And even when you text them, you know they're there because you see those little dots. And you see that seen sign. And it's like, don't pretend you never saw my message. I saw those dots. I know you're there. I know you're there. But, but it used to be a day, you know, when you have to do all these things just to make contact with anybody. How many are glad today that we can have access to the Holy Spirit anytime we need Him? We don't have to put in any 15-digit code and hope He's on the other end and hope He's not too busy with Nathaniel's needs that He doesn't have time for our needs. I know Nathaniel's got not a lot of needs, but, you know, it's like we all do. And we have full access to the Holy Spirit. You do, I do. Each and every one of us who calls on Him, who has a hunger and desire for Him. You know, people today, they're struggling. And maybe they don't need to struggle or they're fighting in ways that they don't need to fight in. Because the Holy Spirit wants to fight for us. And on the other side, I want to say there's a spiritual power available from God that's greater than we can imagine. Come on, it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. He'll come in, He'll fill you, He'll direct you, He'll comfort you, He'll convict you, and He'll counsel you and empower you to live this life. So many people are living a spiritless life because they're unaware of the presence and the power of God. But the second reason people live spiritless lives is because they resist the Holy Spirit. They resist the Holy Could this be for many of us here? It's like the Holy Spirit's prompted us or wants to lead us. But you thought, man, I don't want to do that. I don't want to surrender to that. You know, when you're about to do something wrong, there's something inside each of every one of us. Some of us call it our conscience, but I believe that's the Holy Spirit working in us saying, don't do that. That's going to lead to pain. He convicts us. Yeah, as I said, we can grieve the Holy Spirit, and that's when we do wrong. But get this, we also can quench the Holy Spirit. So grieving Him is when we do something wrong, but but quenching the Holy Spirit is when we don't do something right. When we do, it's like the Holy Spirit says, come on, I want you to encourage Him. No, I don't want to do that. 
encourage that person, uh, you know, encourage, uplift, or, or you could help that person, and we go, we push that away. So we can grieve him, but we also can quench him. And here's the thing, if you push him away long enough, what's, uh, what's in danger is your, your heart's in danger of being hardened. Where, where you get to a place where it's like, I don't even feel him anymore. We've all heard the expression, we've got to have a soft heart and thick skin. How many heard that expression? Yeah, soft heart. Keep a soft heart and thick skin. But the reverse of that is, is, is having soft skin and a hard heart. We live right now in a temperamental world. It's like, man, you just touch somebody. Ah, I'm offended. Ah, you know, something's happened. I, I believe that's the case because many people's hearts are hard. They actually haven't let God into that place. There's an oversensitivity in our society simply because we haven't had a soft heart. When it comes to humility, by the way, you know, when it comes to humility, we've got to humble ourselves before God first. A lot of people can appear like they're humbling themselves with other people, but the Bible says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and in due season, he'll lift you up. Uh, but humility first starts under the hand of my, Almighty God. People can appear hu- humble to other people, but they can be pr- proud in their heart because they're resisting the Holy Spirit, and they're not doing the thing that God's called them to do. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. See, when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, sometimes he will get get you to stand before people courageous and bold. And there's a lot of false humility out there because we haven't humbled ourselves first under the mighty hand of God and we've resisted the Holy Spirit. That's what happened with Stephen, the first martyr in Acts chapter 7. He said this, because they were dismissing him. He said, you stiff-necked, uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Come on, let's not be a church. Let's not be a people, because these were religious people he was talking to. You know, people who are in church, but they were uncircumcised and hardened ears. And he says, you always resist the Holy Spirit. You know, people can come to meetings, and it's almost like God's highlighting, highlighting the area. He's got his finger on it, and he, no, I'm not going to deal with that. I'm not going to respond. I'm all right. And we dismiss the Holy Spirit. You do that long enough, your heart will go hard. You can be in an anointed atmosphere where the Holy Spirit's hovering and moving, and you can't even feel Him. You go, I didn't get anything out of that. It's because you haven't listened to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Some of you may say, well, I'm not sure whether the Holy Spirit prompts me or moves me. Could be you've resisted him for so often that your hearts have just now become immune in the wrong way. That's wrong. We're hardened. Yeah, how do you know? How do you know whether the Holy Spirit is prompting you? Yeah, how do you know it's the Holy Spirit's prompting rather than just your own thoughts? Well, I think like this. I think, well, each and every one of us are selfish by nature. How many will own that? Yeah, we all own that. Okay, we're selfish by nature. So if a thought comes into my mind that benefits me, it's just about me and how it'll benefit me, I, I take it as probably my own thoughts. That's my own thoughts. But if there's something that 
a thought comes in me and it doesn't benefit me and it benefits others and it just might bring glory to God, I make an assumption it's the Holy Spirit. I make an assumption that's the Holy Spirit because that didn't come from my natural being. If it benefits others and it just might bring glory to God, I, I, that, that's got to be the Holy Spirit. You know, if I'm convicted to, about doing something that I'm tempted to do wrong, you know, I assume it's the Holy Spirit. If there's this gray area that, oh, I'm not sure whether it's wrong or right, you know, I say, if in doubt, leave it out. It's a good, good, good way. If in doubt, don't engage. If in doubt, leave it out. Leave it out. And I assume it's the Holy Spirit. If I be led to do something to, that's going to be a blessing to others, you know, what do I assume? I assume it's the Holy Spirit. If it's, if it's good. Because what's the worst could, that could happen? If, if these are thought, man, I want to bless this person. I want to help that, that person out. If it's not the Holy Spirit, what's the worst that you're doing? You do something good. See, see the Holy Spirit leads you not to do something, sometimes you say, I want to do that. I'm going to do it. And we dismiss and we just go right in. And then the Holy Spirit leads you to do something and you go, I, I don't want to do that. And we resist the Holy Spirit time and time again. It's like this. If, if Kathy wants a hug, you know, she comes, oh, oh, give me a hug and she wants a hug. You know, if I go, no, no, I'm busy. No, no, get away. And I resist her. I just resist her. There's going to come a time in a moment where she no longer comes in for that hug. Yeah, because she doesn't want to force herself on me. And it's like the Holy Spirit, you've got to understand, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. Get, get this, he's not going to force himself on you. Some of you are saying, well, he can come and get me if he wants. No, he's not going to do that. Yeah, you've got to be in tune with his voice. And so many people today are living spiritless lives simply because, number one, they're unaware. Number two, they're in a place where they're just resisting Him. So just quickly this morning, we're going to go through, how does the Holy Spirit minister to us? How does the Holy Spirit minister to us? Number one, what He does is He will comfort us. Some of you go, I don't need comfort. I'm all good. I don't need comfort. But some of us are taking comfort in other things, in our accomplishments. Many people take comfort in alcohol, sex, drugs. And, and how's that working in a lot of places? That's doing a lot of damage. You know, we all get comfort from somewhere. And if it's not the Holy Spirit, we're actually missing a comfort that we need. In John chapter 14, verse 16, it says, I pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter that He may abide with you forever. Some of you right now, you're going through some difficult stuff. It's hard. And I promise in this meeting, there'll be a moment where you sense the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is here. And His presence this morning wants to comfort you. Some of you have lost some stuff. And there's grief because of that loss. There's a mourning, but the Bible says, Blessed are those who mourn, for he shall comfort them. There's a comfort that only can be found in God. It's better than a lazy boy. 
It's better than that comfort eating. Because as we know, you have to work that off later. The Holy Spirit wants to comfort you. Don't look to other places or other things. Let the Holy Spirit. And there's a peace that will come into your life that goes beyond understanding. As I said, some of you got some difficult things going on. What are you looking for comfort from? Oh, I just need to get home and have a drink. No. You know, that's just nulling the pain on the inside. God wants to minister into that. And He wants you to give you a peace and a comfort that goes beyond understanding. Number two, second role of the Holy Spirit. So He will comfort us. He will counsel us. Counsel from friends is good, but counsel from God is better. How many got some big decisions ahead? Anybody got some big things ahead that they're going to make decisions on? Who's better to be your guide? Yeah, you got the Holy Spirit. It's better than any sat nav. You know, they get that wrong. Come on, the Holy Spirit sees all, knows all. Verse, uh, John 16, verse 13, however, when he, when he comes, the Spirit of truth, He will come and He will guide you into all truth. He'll guide you into all truth. Come on, the Holy Spirit, He can give you wisdom when you're making that deal. Don't make a deal. Don't engage in business without inviting the Holy Spirit. Come on, you have an advantage. Some of us right now, we're laboring with hand tools. We're laboring, but God's given us power tools. How many know power tools are cool? Power tools are awesome. You know, I've just bought this fishing line, and it goes out 1K, and it's on on this rod. But, you know, you can send it out 1K, but you've got to reel it back in. And I I saw a YouTube video that you can take the handle off, and you can put a power drill, and and it's like just reel it in there. It's like, man, take all the effort out. Bring in that line. How awesome is that? Come on, how many are thankful for power tools? It's not like a saw. (sighs) Some of us are like this in our workplaces. Oh, and we come home burnt out. We come home, and it's like, and we're banging that hammer. No, we've got a nail gun. Come on, it's like we we can do things faster. We can do things better because we have access to the the Holy Spirit. We have direction, discernment. We see behind the, the facade, behind the layer, when it comes to aligning ourselves with different people and things. God can give you a wisdom and a discernment. Come on, that's good news today. I wonder how many of us are accessing it. You know, I, I like just here, I'll give you a little bit of a secret is, is the singers, you know, have in-ear monitors, number one, so that they can hear themselves. Uh, but the other thing is we've got a guy on this microphone. It was Josh this morning. He was speaking into their ears. He, he, he was telling them things so that they could play in unison. And I love the fact that when we have the Holy Spirit, it's like we've got these in-ear monitors. And the Holy Spirit's directing us, guiding us. And He's uniting us. He's uniting us because it's not just about us. It's about, uh, not just about me or my. It's about us and we together. And I love the fact that there's a voice. We can hear this voice. It's like an in-ear monitor. In fact, Isaiah chapter 30 puts it really well. It says, your ears shall hear a word behind you. Who's that? Who's that? Who's saying that? No, it's in here. Uh, You'll hear a voice behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. And wherever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left, it, it says, wherever you turn, you'll hear this voice. And he'll direct you. Which brings me to number three. Last one is, 
He will convict you. He will convict you. So what will he do? He'll comfort you. He'll counsel you. And he'll convict you. Convict you. And when he comes, he'll convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Some people go, that's heavy. That's not heavy. That's good. He'll convict you. It's like you're heading down a pathway that leads to death and destruction. He'll remove the veil so that you can see the direction you're going in. So many people are living without God and they think, I'm all right, I'm all right. You think you're all right, but you're not right. Your eyes need to be opened. That that's actually leading to pain. I can do this without God. I can find life and freedom and all these other things. No, it's not how you've been designed. It's not how God designed you. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to get disillusioned. One of the heartaches of a pastor is seeing people who who believe in God, but just live their life however they want to live their life. It's like, don't you realize you're doing damage to yourself? But not just to yourself. For some who are married and got kids, you're doing damage to your family. God, Jesus, through Jesus, we live the life that He's called us to. It's only through Him. And it's only Him who can enable us, empower us to live an abundant life. And without Jesus, we're blind. We, th- we think we're all right. And so Jesus just comes along and He convicts us. He removes the veil and He, he shows us where our decisions are leading. Now, some of us, we're just so blind sometimes. Oh, I'm all good. I got this. That's all right. I don't have to be that, that all in. When it comes to God, Christianity, you know, I, I can just come when I have a need and then go when I've had that need met. You know, this, this whole relationship stuff. You know, I, I like God like a vending machine. Yeah. Just get out what I need, when I need it, and then I'm gone. No, but He comes and convicts us of our sin. The reason He does that, because it's our sin that separates us from God. It's our sin that separates us from God. But the good news is Jesus came to pay the price of our sin so that we'd have full access to God. Some of you right now, you're being convicted by the Holy Spirit. There's things in your life right now that are not as they should be. And there's a sense inside, I shouldn't be doing that. I got a wrong attitude. Some of it is just, I got a wrong attitude. Wrong attitude to others. Some of you, it's like you're holding on to hurt and disappointment. Somebody's hurt you and you haven't yet offered the forgiveness of God. The forgiveness you have received, you haven't given to somebody else. And conviction is coming to your heart. Nobody needs to mention what it is. Why? Because the Holy Spirit convicts. And it's presence. It's like you're in a place, finding worship, sometimes it's like, oh, Oh, yeah, he brings up things that I haven't dealt with. And I go, God, I need, to, I need to do something about that. I need our work. See, God forbid we ever come to a service and we, we leave the service without asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what would you say to me? 
today. What would you say? Where do I need to bring adjustment? Where have I been careless? Like David, search my heart, oh God. Search my heart and see if there be any wicked way within me. See, I know in this meeting right now, the Holy Spirit's coming. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing because your eyes are open and now you can align your life with God's mission, God's purpose, and God's plan. It's a, it's a good thing. It's not a shameful thing. Don't let the devil trick you and say, oh, man, you're the only one who has to deal with it. No, just respond. Respond with humility in your heart. See, people are being drawn to God right now and you don't know why. You're not a church person, a Bible guy or girl, but you're being drawn to God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is convicting you of your need for God. God who is the person who God used the most to draw, draw close to God? Unquestionably, you've got to say, it's the person of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that draws you to open your Bible. It's the Holy Spirit. I believe today that's drawing you here. Yes, somebody may have invited you, but there's something in you that, that's beyond that. Yeah, you know, I, I was talking to a guy. Um, I was down in Topol, and I was playing golf with Carl, our pastor down there. And it was five minutes before we we're about to tee off, and, and he gets a text from a guy that goes, I need to come play golf with you because you have something to tell me about God. And this is five minutes, and Carl says, we're playing now. Can you get here now? He goes, I'm down the road. I'm coming. I think we waited two minutes longer and he came and he arrived. And, and he goes, I, I don't know. I just felt the universe telling me that I needed to ring Carl and I needed to play golf with him. It just happened to be at the right time. He, he came, he arrived, we played golf. And as I was talking to him, it was just unpacking. You know, he goes, man, man, the universe just keeps on speaking to me. Oh, all this stuff. And he goes, uh, yeah, he spoke to me about my business. He runs a dumpling business that's, that's blowing up and, you know, nothing like a good dumpling. And uh, he's got this secret sauce. And, and, and he says, you know, we just went into this place and, and uh, you know, I felt the universe speak to me about just grab this, grab this, grab this and put it together. And so they put this all together and it's come out like this unbelievable concoction to taste tastes beautiful and, and people are, are wanting these dumplings. You know, it's awesome. He, he said, man, I, I just felt like God told me to buy these houses. And, and, and Not God. He says the universe. The universe. And, you know, I've always felt the universe is speaking to me. You know, there was one time as a teenager, he said, you know, I, I went to a party and I got drunk and, and I just felt the universe tell me not to do that. Not to engage that. So from that moment forth, I've never got drunk. I've, you know, never engaged with all these other things and, and never been into the party things. And I said, yeah, that, that's cool. But he goes, yeah, I just felt I got a poster of the universe on, on our living room because I feel like the universe. And I, I just said to him, uh, the reason why you're playing golf with me today, because he said, you know, remember, the universe told him to text Carl because somebody's going to tell him about God. And I just said, well, the reason why is because I want to tell you that's not the universe, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. The greenkeeper was mowing in front, but he was waiting for us. But we had a conversation where I was able to pray for him. Just in the middle of a, the eighth hole, I think it was. 
because he felt it was the universe. But there's something inside each and every one of us. There's this voice. And, you know, if it's leading us towards God, if it's leading us towards godliness, it's not just some mystic force. It's the Holy Spirit. And he's drawing people in this meeting. I can feel it in my spirit right now. Come on, he's drawing some of us deeper. Some of us have just been shallow, shallow in our relationship with God and things. But he's going, come on, let's go deeper in Jesus' name.